This is the Simply Love Jesus podcast, where we explore life and faith through the lens of one question, which is what does it mean to simply love Jesus? My name is Caleb, and I hope you are doing super well this week. Today, we are continuing a new segment called Conversations, where we just want to bring people in and just have a conversation with them. Today, in this episode, we are talking to Nicole, who runs her own business as a wellness and health coach. Uh, You can learn more about her at wellnurturedsouls.com. But in this episode, I'm really excited that you get to hear her story, hear what God has done in her life, and just learn more about this person. And as you'll come to find out, like I hope that these conversations that we will continue to have in the future will just serve as a great example on what it means to actually be the light of Jesus without so much pressure of thinking that you have to have all these verses memorized and have this whole outline. Oh, I got to tell the gospel. Like the reality is, you should be able to reflect the love of God without ever having to mention Jesus. The reality is people want to know that you care before they want to know what you care about. And so because of that, when we're engaging people, the first time you meet someone, the first conversations you have, that is your evangelism. That is your ministry. People want to know that you care. They want to know that you care about them genuinely before they want to know what it is, or in our case, who it is that you care about. And so, yeah, I just hope this conversation serves as a great reminder. I, yeah, I think you can hear my dog sneezing. Hello. You okay? You have sniffles? Um, so anyways, I hope you enjoy this conversation and I hope that it can help serve as an example to, to sharing your faith with someone and just and letting God work through you can be as simple as having a good and genuine conversation. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. And as always, please, please uh, share this episode with one friend and feel free. Please review or uh, rate uh, if you're using Apple Podcasts anyways, rate and review the podcast so that other people can discover it share it with other people, and you can find other ways to stay involved by visiting simplylovejesus.com. Enjoy the episode. Well, thank you again for jumping on to uh, this podcast with me. Um, like I said before, we really just have the whole point of the the segment is just I, I love bringing on different people from different life and experiences. And so really, it's just it's essentially as if like if we were to meet for the first time at like a bar or a coffee shop or something, I'm just getting to know you. And then it just captures that this that whole experience, because I think it's something that really the world needs today is to learn um, what it means to interact with people and how you can have conversations with people, whether you agree with them or don't agree with them or whatever. Like, I think just all of that in general um, is just a needed experience in our world today. Um, so yeah, thank you again for jumping on here. And I would love just to hear more about you because like I said, when we last talked on the phone, like I was like, okay, I don't want to know anything about your life. Cause I'm like, I want to know, I want to like experience it all for the first time. And so, uh, let's start with just tell me, what do you do for fun? Like if you have a normal day and it's all to yourself, what do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? That's, oh, that's such a good question. That's so interesting. And I love this whole concept of just meeting for the first time, even though it's over technology, and, and I love your mission with that. What I do for fun. Um, I have three kids at home and a puppy. So when I have my alone time, I really just dive in and lean into self-care. And that looks mm. different every single day. Yeah. Um, so it could be like taking a bath or reading or doing a journal. Um, but it, it's saying it out loud it sounds kind of silly but that's really what makes me feel fulfilled and that's what feels fun for me is 
um, spending, you know, spending time, like um, it's always on different people, like my kids or my husband or my dog. So it just, it's silly to say it loud, but it feels fun to like, just take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. Why? So why is it, what is it about taking care of yourself that, that feels not only fun, but it's, it feels just rewarding to you? Well, it feels rewarding because, um, well, it doesn't feel rewarding when I get burnt out and I just get drained Mm. and crabby, you know, with the kids or with the person at the grocery store. And when I'm able to like fill up my cup, then I'm, I'm able to show up so much more different in the world and able to show up more fun, really, and bubbly and laugh. And mm. it almost feels like it can completely alter my personality in a way. I just show up a lot more different. Yeah, if- that's, you know, I, mean, I love that because I think you started that off really strong with just saying like, you know, what is it about taking care of yourself that feels fun? And it goes, well, it's because I know being burnt out isn't fun. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's that that's a great that's a great way to just look at it. And I love that. And so so what is it that you so what is it that you do? Like what do you do for work or what do you do for your kind of your your mission? Like what is it that you do? I do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Caleb, I do a lot of things. <laughs> for work, I'm a health and wellness coach. So I really create space for my clients to process where they're at in life. And then eventually we end up making goals and I get to be their cheerleader walking alongside them and just embracing them and empowering them to keep Mm. going and to keep reaching their goals. And then on the side, I do a lot of advocacy work. Um, I run a nonprofit for the schools Mm. and we're trying to bring health and wellness into the schools. And I'm Minnesota PTA state chair for health and safety. So I do a lot of advocating for health, wellness, a lot of mental wellness. Wow. So it can be a lot. It's a lot of things that I have going on. So just taking that minute to fill my cup back up so I can show up for all these other things. It You have to make it fun. I, mm. I mean, I feel like I just have to make it fun, you know? Yeah. Well, so tell me, how, how did you even get into that? Like what started that whole, because you do health and wellness essentially, Um, and it's all about like coaching and stuff like that, but how did you, how did that happen? how did you get into that? Well, I think we all kind of have a story of where we come at in life. And I grew up with a lot of different adversities as far as, um, being in a fatherless home and Mm. my mom raised me and my brother alone. And, um, it was just kind of a different time where, I feel like now we're investing so much into our generations, our next generations when it comes to skills and coping. Mm. And that's not something that was necessarily brought into my world. So I struggled a lot. I struggled a lot with anxiety and I struggled a lot with depression. Um, I ended up becoming addicted to different substances. I got pregnant when I was 14 years old. Mm. Um, I had a lot of self-harm and suicidal attempts and it it got really deep. You know, Um, I brush over it a little bit because I don't want it to feel too heavy, but it was really, really heavy. And I, I went, um, I grew up Catholic. So I went to church. I had the support of a therapist. I had the support medications and it felt like there was something missing and I couldn't figure out what was missing. Um, And then I just 
I stumbled across these amazing people um, from church and one of them was a coach and then this whole door opened up Mm. and I just leaned right into it and it just it felt right it felt like this is work that I want to do not not for income but this is work that I want to do in this world Mm. I want to be able to support people That's amazing. Well, and so tell me a little bit about like that early journey of, you know, you, you talk about how you didn't have like a father in the home. And then as you kind of grew up, you kind of stumbled into kind of just, um, you stumbled into all these different either substance abuse and all that stuff. Where do you think along the lines early on, like what, what, um, triggered you to kind of, kind of fall into all of that? Was it friends or was it just, you know, was it just the people you were around? Was it maybe just something that was brought into your home that you just kind of stumbled into? That's really interesting because I grew up in a very middle up upper class neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I grew up in the church. I grew up in this almost ideal environment from the outside. Yeah. And there is something about being younger that I didn't feel heard and Mm. I didn't feel understood. I felt like I was the kind of the sore thumb in the school or in the neighborhood. And that made it really hard for me to connect. You know, my mom was always working, so there wasn't quite that connection with any parent. And it made it hard for me to connect with peers because I kind of felt like I was down here and everybody else was kind of up here, Hmm. you know, and they were either they sinned less than I did or they had more money than my family did. And and I really think it was maybe the lack of connect, truly feeling connected to something or somebody. I... I just, I feel like that might've had a big role in that. Hmm. Yeah. So what, and so who was it that you, like introduced you to all that stuff that kind of just like, what opened the door for that? Cause it wasn't just like all of a sudden one day you just decided, oh, I'm just going to start, you know, doing this and drinking this and going here and going there. Uh, where was it? Do you remember a time and place that you felt like that's where that door opened for the first time? I think it was slowly. I I did go to a private school from about first to fifth grade. Mm. And that was a very small, intimate, it was kind of family there. And then I transitioned into a public school where everybody knew each other and everybody knew the rhythm and the flow of the school. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people that I did connect to were kind of the other people that were struggling too. Hmm. Yeah. So some of the first friends that you met there were people who were already kind of struggling and were already going through that thing. And so, um, so just by hanging out with them, you naturally were also getting exposed to these things as well, as well. Right. Slowly and slowly. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And then just over time you look and you're like, Whoa, what happened to my life? Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And so, so how long, how long do, uh, did that kind of period last for um, until you found the, where you kind of, up until the day where you kind of woke up and realized like, oh man, what am I, you know, what has my life kind of come to? How long was that, was that period? I would say that that was probably from ninth grade. I, I, I struggled with a lot of like anxiety and depression before all of this, but it started mm. to snowball in ninth grade. And interestingly enough, I feel like it lasted until I was about 25. Mm. So what, so what was it that, tell me more about like the day, if you remember, or just even the trend, the kind of period of time where that kind of all came about. So you're like 25 years old and then what changed? What happened? What changed? I hit a rock bottom. I hit such a rock bottom. I was, um, I don't know if you can visualize, they call it a 175. It's a liter and a half of tequila. And I would drink through that every two or three days, mm. which is a lot of alcohol. And I had my three kids at that time. And I didn't know anything about postpartum depression. I just knew that I didn't, I felt very empty and I felt mm. very dark. And it was kind of that low moment of my life um, where I literally wanted to be done. I had these three beautiful children. I worked in special education and had the most amazing job with the most amazing people. And I still didn't feel like there was anything worth living for. And so mm. I wrote a note to my husband and I left and I had a plan to not come back. I just couldn't deal with life anymore. Mm. And there was something in that moment. There was something in that moment that I felt like, like was my last moment. I also felt like miraculously turned into almost my first moment of really living mm. it was like this overwhelming feeling of light and that's the only thing that I can explain it as where yeah it was just like this insane shift of going from like so much hurt and so much pain and I was going to end it all to I'm just gonna fill you up with light and you're going to do amazing things and it was within a matter of seconds that mm. everything feels like it changed for me and then from that day forward life has never been the same yeah well let's so let's talk more about like that moment what was it about that moment you said it happens like in a matter of seconds but like what 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 do you think why do you think it was that way like and it's just like click of a finger and something just switched like what happened I feel like everybody might have a different theory of what mm -hmm. that might look like. Um, maybe like a neurologist might say it's a chemical reaction or mm. um, a psychologist might say that it's like a bipolar personality switch type thing. And yeah. Well, it could really be a bipolar personality switch. Cause if that's the case, then you would have flipped back at some point. <laughs> you would think, yes, that's a good point. And that's really interesting because I have been diagnosed with all of these different things. And in my heart, there's something so much bigger than what we can un even understand. Yeah. You know, and it feels like it was something so much more divine than quote unquote, a mental illness or quote mm. unquote, like a chemical change. Like it was something so much bigger than what I am. 
yeah. so much bigger than what this world was that just grabbed me and held me so warmly in its arms that it was like, okay, I'm okay now. I'm yeah. Sick. Well, I mean, it makes sense though, that that being the only real rational explanation, because any other physical explanation would be if it was bipolar or if it was this chemical reaction, then those things not only are predictable, but it would, if you're following that consistency, it would have changed again because it would have followed that pattern. But the difference with this one is not only did you have this switch, but that switch was consistent. And for, cause how long has it been since that happened? Um, probably four or five years ago. Yeah. And the interesting thing yeah. is the doctors, you know, they brought me to the psych ward because of the situation. Yeah. And they put me on all of these medications that actually made me feel really icky and like really gross. And my personality was gone. And then once I got off of those medications, it was like, I'm alive. Yeah. <laughs> alive again. This That's what, yeah. And I would say, yeah. So you have four or five years that you're separated from all this stuff. So it's definitely not like this bipolar thing, because if that's the case, you just would have switched right up, right back over and something else, something bad could have happened. And there's plenty of bad things that have happened since then. So it's like something bad happens and it all goes through the, through the haywire again. And so, but that didn't happen. It's been consistent. And I wonder if it's just because, you know, the, you know, I believe that the scriptures are so evident about teaching us that the number one problem in our world today and, and is us believing that we can handle the problems of life within ourselves and mm -hmm. thinking that we can figure this out. I've got this. It's my problem. I'll fix it. I'll figure it out. I've got this. And it's the moment that you, in, in, in your sense, you literally happened. In one sense, the moment that you were like dead is the moment that you actually came alive. Like the moment the, those who try to find their life will lose it. And those who lose their life will find it. And so it's in that same sense that like you kind of came to this end point where it was the end of yourself and in your head, you're like, all right, cool. Like in my mind, I'm, I'm dead. But in that same moment, the moment that you fully given up is when at this, it's also in the same moment that you found life. Um, and now that granted now everyone is going to should we should never recommend that kind of conclusion for anyone in the sense that, oh yeah, just get to the point where you just want to, you know, take everything away. Don't ever recommend that to anyone, but for you, it's a very specific circumstance and a very specific and incredible story of just truly how it's like, you know, those who try to find their life will lose it. And, but those, when you lose, when you let your life go, when you lose your life and you let go of controlling your life, which is really the whole point of it is not just like this, these, these images and these metaphors of just dying to yourself and let your life die. Not about literally losing your life. It's about letting go of control. And the moment you let go of control and you give control over to Jesus, like that's when you find your life. That's when that light comes into your life and it can give you momentum and it gives you peace and joy because these are things you can't produce in and of yourself. Um, and so that's truly, truly incredible story. Um, it's been four, four or five years now, and now you're, you're making progress towards changing other people's lives as well, which is also incredible. you said all of that because it that's just my experience and it doesn't always have to be that extreme and that's exactly what it is though it's almost the death of my own ego 
Mm. Right. Because it's not about me anymore. It's yeah. not about my purpose. And that's exactly what it was, was you're going to live a great life, but it's, it's by God's will almost, you know mm. what I mean? And the things you're going to do is out of God's will. And, and it has absolutely hardly anything to do with you, to be quite honest. Yeah. It was just, just how I perceive it. And so when it comes to my kids, it really put me in an interesting spot of looking at the generational pains that happened before me and then where I was and then where my kids were going to be. And it put me in this place of reflecting, how am I going to walk through this life so that my children don't have to experience that to that extreme as I did. Mm. You know? And so it's almost been a walking and I love how you bring up Jesus because um, I have a group of girlfriends that I talk to and we, we really talk a lot of how can we walk more like Jesus for our children and for the people around us. And so that's something that's so prevalent in my life when I try to raise my kids and, and guide my children through life. How can I walk the most mm. like Jesus so that I can be a good example for them and so that I can show them the love that I feel like the whole world um, should have access to that love. And I feel like they do. It's just mm. finding it or discovering it. I don't know what that looks like, but my kids are beautiful. My kids... <laughs> They are just, they're something else. And I know I'm a little bit biased. <laughs> it's a good bias. <laughs> it is. We, Like I said before, I, I got pregnant at 15. So I have one child that's about 10 years older than the other ones. And they struggle a little bit more with mental health and stuff. And we're working through it. And it's really interesting to see how she's a reflection of who I was mm. before all of this stuff. And, and she's doing amazing now too. And it's really interesting to see how my younger kids that were only one and two when this whole situation in my life happened. It's really interesting how they're being raised and how they've almost been raised in a different way, almost by a different mom. I'm the same person, but it's almost yeah. like a, a different mom they're so smart and my oldest one is very smart too and they're so like free thinkers in a way and they love god so much and they love jesus so much even if we haven't gone to church for six months because of the pandemic they're still talking about god they're still sitting mm. there and I, I will be in the room and i'll look over and i'll see them praying and i'm not telling i was i was raised you know you have to go and, and nothing against the religion I was raised in. I was raised Catholic, but you know we had very traditional steps of what we had to do in order to be worthy in a way, is my perspective. And so it's very interesting in not pushing religion and not pushing God's will and not pushing Jesus onto my children. It is so rewarding to look over and see them praying mm. because I'm like, wow. I, I mean, I did that because I'm their parent, but I didn't do that. That was all God working. Yeah. So it's really cool. That's amazing. What, so what do your kids do for fun these days? Um, my one oldest plays hockey. So that's a lot of fun. There you go. Yes. My middle child, he loves everything. He just loves socializing and being <laughs> 
and he's he's just he loves talking deep talks mm. like you know it really really intriguing talks for a six-year-old yeah. and then my five-year-old girl oh she's just makeup and shopping and <laughs> dancing gymnastics she's, oh that's fun yeah she's they're a lot of fun that is amazing so now that you're focusing on like wellness coaching and all this stuff so what are your what are your goals for the next five years you know your last five years have been really life change for you what do the next five years look like yes the past five years have been about getting myself straight if that makes sense yeah it's like all the pieces were blown away from the puzzle so I spent the last five years trying to like piece all those pieces back together and what does this mean um and refinding my faith, which was been huge because I fell away from the church. And so this was a really interesting way to gain such a close connection to God because yeah. I've never felt this close before. It, it's really cool. Um, so the past five years have been a lot of building my life back together in a way, in a way that makes mm-hmm. sense for me. Yeah. And then my next five years, I just I feel in a spot where I want to hold that space for other people to do the same thing. Yeah. Which is great. Cause I think that the most important thing is, you know, the number one way that we get to where we are in life with the, the bat, the problems that we have in life, the reason that we get there is because we try to hold on to things Like we try it's like, well, this is mine. I want to hold on to it. Um, and yet oftentimes if we're not careful, we can do the very same thing with our faith. Like, Oh, I'm in a really good place. I just want to stay in this place. But the beautiful thing is that what God wants to do in your life is now that he's changed your life. It's like, cool. These past five years is about changing you. Now let's use the next five years to be about changing others. Now let's take what has been worked in your life and use it to work into other people's life. Use it to influence and inspire other people to get better and to get healthy and to get well and all these things. And I, I just love that. I think that's that's a great focus to have as a transition. This, let me take what has happened in my life. Now let me use it to help other people's life and just keep pushing that forward. Um, I think that's absolutely incredible. Uh, so for those who, for those who ever may listen to this message, if you had one word of encouragement or just one thing you want to put into the minds of other people, what would it be? It would be, that's a very easy answer for me. (laughs) The one thing that I wish I could tell everybody is you are worthy just as you are, Mm. no matter how broken you feel, how matter, how empowered you feel, no matter what day you're on good or bad, you're so worthy no Mm. matter what no exceptions yeah worthy of what love and life and god like god loves you no matter what there's there's not these conditions necessarily that i feel like we have to meet in order to Mm. be worthy of his love and to be worthy of loving ourselves and that's why my self-care and my self-love moments i feel like are so fun because we, we are good enough to receive and give mm. at the same time. And, and you're just, you're worthy of everything, anything that you want or anything that you don't want. You're good enough. Mm. Yeah. You're good enough for it. What do you think gives, what do you think gives people that like worth? If everyone's like worthy, like what gives them 
that what about it? What about them makes them worthy? You know? In my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. Just that you're a creation of God Mm. who is just perfect in every imperfect way too in this world. And just the fact that you are chosen to be here and you are a creation of something bigger than you that is so light and so beautiful and so much truth. I think that makes you worthy. Yeah. Well, what a great, what a great answer too, because it's literally like you have worth, like, you know, even the opening pages of the Bible is like humanity was created in God's image. Like you're image bearers of God and you're and you were created to be image bearers of God for that, this, the, for a lot of reasons. But one of those reasons is, is uh, because as a mere reflection of God's image, like, man, that's what helps. That's what gives you value and worth. Like, as you said, it's merely because you are created because you are alive, because you are living gives you intrinsic value. And God gives that it says you are worthy because you were created as the pinnacle of creation. Humanity is the, 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 the peak of, of creation. Um, and so I just love that. I think that's such a beautiful answer. Um, and it's a great word of encouragement for other people as well. Um, so for people who are hearing this and they want to learn more about you, they want to learn more about your story. They want to learn more about how you can potentially help them. Where would they go? Oh, I'm all over. <laughs> I'm all over. Um, my handle on all of my websites and social media is well.nurtured.souls. So mm. well-nurtured-souls. Or um, just typing in Nicole Patra. Mm, that's awesome. Depending, depending on what platform, like Instagram, for instance, I'm pretty open. I'm pretty mm. transparent when it comes to my story. I put it out in little bits and pieces because I don't want to overwhelm anybody because some of Mm. the pieces are dark, but I also feel like it's important, especially on Instagram for some reason to share my story because um, we all have a story and I, I don't, I don't like the thought of people feeling alone in their suffering. Mm. We're all together. Yeah. You know, So I share a lot of um, my personal story on Instagram. And then on my website, I'm posting a lot more of like resources and tools about food and about mindset and sleep and all of the good things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's good. What's your, what's your uh, website called? Um, Wellnurturedsouls.com. Perfect. Yeah. Well, Nicole, thank you so much again for jumping on this, having this conversation and just getting a chance to, for me to hear your story and be encouraged and just for other people to hear your story and to be encouraged and just to have such a beautiful story about literally what it means to die to yourself and find life in Christ. Like, I think that's just, it's just you, your story illustrates that so beautifully for other people. Um, And it's beautiful to hear how even just the way that you carry yourself has such an influence on your kids um, and the people that you work with. And I'm really hoping that through this, like other people will be able to reach out and more people will be able to discover you and your story and what you provide for others. So thank you again so much. And I really hope you just had a good time just being able to talk and get to learn and stuff. I did. I thank you so much for having me here and just holding this conversation because it turned into a very beautiful conversation. And Mm -hmm. for just two strangers meeting and just having a conversation, 
from the love of God and the love of Jesus. People crave conversations like these, mm. you know, people crave to feel heard and to feel this story and to, for you to come in and to be able to fill, I don't want to say a void, but kind of filling that void of people wanting to feel heard mm. and wanting to have these conversations. This is just the beauty that comes from that. Yeah. So thanks for, thanks for putting this together, inviting me onto your podcast. And it was so nice to talk to you. 